0: There are some days when it pays to have a pastor who has been raised as a Yankee, because I can speak quickly, and we're going to get through this, all right? We only have a few minutes, and following the service, as you leave, you can place your Lord's Acre offerings in the baskets at East Exit, but I'm going to lovingly say to you, get out. Because we've got a Sunday school class that's going to need to meet in here. So go to the fellowship hall, get an order a poinsettia, have some time of coffee, but we need to get this room ready uh, for a Sunday school class. What do you do about Thanksgiving. Listen, I realized that as a pastor or a Sunday school teacher or a small group leader, you feel this pressure at this season of time. I've got to say something about Thanksgiving. It's expected. And I was sitting in that Sunday school class around 20 years ago when the Sunday school leader got up and, okay, here comes the Sunday school lesson. He's checking the box. She's checking the box, whoever it was, got to say something about being thankful to the Lord. And I was having a tough time with it. It was just a hard season. We had some health issues in my immediate family. Uh, The church where I was serving, I was asked to do two roles for a long season to get them through uh, some issues they were having. uh, Just some extended family issues and racing with three young kids. And it was exactly what I needed to hear. So often in our busyness, so often when we're unappreciated, so often when it hurts or we're struggling with loss or frustration or work issues or relationship issues or health, we can turn inward. This is a church, if you're following along in your notes, this is a church, just some background work. This is a church that's going through some things. They're being pushed to believe all kinds of false things. And the great remedy of that is Jesus. If you want to be kept from any kind of false idea, Paul chapter one, let me talk to you about the supremacy of Jesus, who he is, the divine son of God who became one of us. That's the great remedy as our savior. But then Paul from front to back throughout this epistle has a lot to say to the church about thanksgiving they're going through it, they're being tempted, tempted. they're being bullied, and yet he says to them, look to Jesus, but check your thanksgiving. So let's just walk through this really quickly uh, together this morning. What is it we see here? Especially in terms of just that word thanks, this is a Paul word. In the Gospels, I think you only see the word thanks 11 times. And for Jesus to receive a word of thanks, three years of public ministry, for Jesus to receive a word of thanks happens one time. Not by his family, not by his disciples. He barely got one out of 10 Samaritan lepers to come back and say thank you. Only 11 times in the Gospels do we have the word thanks. When you get to the non-Pauline Epistles, James, Jude, John, Peter, whoever wrote Hebrews. Zero. But when you get to Paul, it's 30 plus times in his epistles. He owns this word. This is to be a mark and and, and, and an attitude of every believer. He's speaking to a church who's going through it, and so he says to them, whether he sees a gap in their life or this is one of the great remedies, hold on to a heart of gratitude. So let's work, walk through these verses together. If you keep your Bibles open, uh, your phone on, Colossians 1, three. Thanksgiving turns us beyond ourselves. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a first word for Paul. It is a first thing for Paul to talk about thanksgiving. It's not about us as busy as we can be with our families, with our work, with with our worries that come before us. Paul sets the stage, first and foremost, make sure we are turning our eyes to God with thanksgiving. Colossians 1.12, drop down. Thanksgiving also turns me from gifts to the giver of those gifts. There are really four little words here uh, that Paul's building to what ought to be in the life of a believer. If you've had all wisdom and understanding... You ought to do this, this, this. But the, the, the true result, if you and I are growing in Christ with wisdom, with understanding, the true growth, the end result is thanksgiving. And you see him talking, Corinthians and here and elsewhere, about the importance of, of gifts. I know it's, it's Black Friday this week. I know know what's coming in, in six, four to five weeks. I understand that. Gifts are wonderful things from the Lord, but all gifts are ultimately to be given back to the giver. And I've got to see my kids that way. They're not mine. My job's to get them to him. My marriage, my friendships, my work, my church, none of that's mine. Those are gifts given to me by God that ultimately are given for his glory and to be given back for his kingdom purposes. Anybody else try to just say in your prayer life, Lord, give me the stuff. Give me the spiritual gift. We can get obsessed with that. But what we see here in the heart of Paul, the life of Paul, all gifts are for the glory of the giver. They turn me from the stuff, the blessings, the gifts, to the giver, Turn over to Colossians 2, seven. Thanksgiving, and this was a good word for me. Thanksgiving overturns me. He was abounding in, be abounding in thanksgiving. Dr. Bill Ure, I've heard teach on this book, uh, especially that verse. And he says, really, that, that moment there, Colossians 2.7, is the causal nexus of the book. Yeah, I had to look up both those words. Causal nexus. But it really is the heart of the book. It's it's the place of the book, the center that connects and causes all else. It overturns me. And Thanksgiving will come to do that. It's a great preventative from us turning inward. But it overturns me to grace, the Colossians 3:15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. It turns me to his grace. But also 3.16, this little interlude, thanksgiving turns us to others. Admonish one another. If, if we're racing through life and life is pushing us, like this church is struggling, it's so easy to circle the wagons and begin to say, What about me? It's actually the post office in Jerusalem receives letters to God in the thousands every year. In the thousands. People trying to write to God and they send it to Jerusalem. It's a true story of a of a postal service that got this heartbreaking letter of, of hey, I'm in the area. And I'm praying to you, Lord, I need exactly this amount, 5,000 shekels for what's going on. Maybe it was medical, maybe it was educational, but I need this and I'm desperate, Lord, and I'm trusting you with it. The post office workers were so moved by what was ever in that letter, they all took up a collection and sent 4,300 shekels to this person. They mailed it, sent it, and a week later they got a note back. It said, Dear God, dear God. I am grateful for the 4,300 shekels, but you need to cast your judgment upon the post office of Jerusalem. They stole 700 shekels of your provision. (laughs) He's got 4,300 shekels out of nowhere. What about the 700? That's what we can do. It's the older brother in Luke 15. What about, it's Peter with John in the end of John's gospel. What about Thanksgiving? Admonish one another. It ought to turn us out instead of turning us against one another. That's the very first thing that happens in a marriage. It's the very first thing that happens in a friendship when sin enters the world. You. You're at fault, Eve. You did this, not me. So often, uh, we can be turned inward. Thanksgiving Uh, turns us out. Colossians 3.17, it turns us to the Father. By the way, I mentioned there were 11 times in the Gospels where the word thanks actually shows up. Three years of public ministry, and all we get's 11. Do you know who has the majority of those words of thanks? It's Jesus. Him offering thanks. You get to John 11. I may have shared this before, but you get to John 11... And John says, if I, if, I, if I told you everything Jesus did, it'd fill up the world. I'm just going to give you seven. I'm going to give you seven miracles, seven signs. But if I wrote down everything he said, it'd fill up the world. But let me give you seven, and when you get to the last one, and these aren't just regular miracles. These are miracles, if you read John well, they're revealing something of the character of Christ, who he is, his authority, his righteousness, his power. It's it's revelatory. Here I am at the 11th miracle, and it's heightened to the point that it's the only resurrection. Here's the resurrection of Lazarus, and now it's the moment. They've rolled the stone away. I've said this big thing to Martha. It's my moment. Watch me, my miracle. I give thanks to you always. You're always listening to me. You never stop listening to me. And not only do we get that kind of heart in our Savior, but then even John notes in John 11, you go back and read it, he even said that not for himself. He said it for the people who were listening. It's a life overturned for others. It's so quickly my needs aren't met. I've got this struggle. We can turn inward. But when we count our blessings, Thanksgiving will turn us to the Father. And it will, and this is the last thing, Colossians 4.2. It really will direct our lives. Colossians 4.2. Continue steadfastly in prayer and watch, and you watch with Thanksgiving. If I had an audio recording of your last 10 prayers, what took up the most time? I don't want to know the confession stuff, but if I had an audio recording of your last 10 prayers, how much of it was, I need these things, or I'm confessing these things, versus a time of real thanksgiving? Coaches always tell their players, You, you will play like you practice, you will, you will live like you pray. And if it's always me, if it's always confession, I'm just beaten up. If it's always what can I get? Now listen, the Lord hears those prayers. Jesus prayed those prayers. Paul prayed those prayers. Pray those prayers. Lord, I need you right now. Pray those prayers. But if you're not finding time to really just sit with the Lord in thanksgiving, our lives, Paul's saying to this church, they're bombarded with heresy and all kinds. This thanksgiving will get you right in your life. To have that time with the Lord in thanksgiving will set and will guide your life. It determines how we live. How is it we need to hear this word? How is it we need to give the Lord our thanks? Let's pray about that. Father, as we've raced through these things this morning, I pray your Holy Spirit would make all things clear That we'd be able to see, first and foremost, the supremacy of your Son, who holds all things together, created all things, as Paul told that church. But also that we'd have a heart of gratitude. Uh, We can be carried away by real hurts, real struggles, real busyness. Father, help us, as you help me, uh, to turn to you. Give thanks to you, despite the season despite the struggle. Father, we know it will direct our lives, and more importantly, it'll direct us to you. And we want to make sure to give the giver thanks for all of his good gifts. However, we need to respond this morning. Help us to do that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our close